0: Welcome back to I Feel That. This week, we are chatting about photography and videography and how we got into it. And we just wanted to quickly thank you guys first for joining us last week and supporting us. So thank you for that. Let's just get into the conversation. All right. So
1: Laura, do you want to tell us about how you got into photos and videos?
0: Yeah, I guess it kind of stemmed way back, I think, of like middle school And all
1: the embarrassing photo shoots my friends and I would do. Yeah, I I still have all the uh, photos from those photo shoots as well on my Facebook, uh, somewhere deep in there. Ooh, girl, you got to untag yourself. (laughs) We cannot have those
0: photos seeing the light of day ever again. But yeah, those kind of photo shoots, I remember, even though looking back, they looked horrible. It was the day where you do like, the colored vignette and the text on the photo. Absolutely horrible editing style, super embarrassing. But I remember feeling so much pride and just having like a vision for the photos like of my friends at the park or yeah, just thinking of like how great they're gonna turn out. And of course at the time we thought they were like, super cool.
1: Yeah, I feel like it was like an outlet, like a creative outlet. The first one that we may have had that really had no limits to it. Right. Middle school, it was like I had no
0: shame about myself. I just (laughs) felt like, you know, you just kind of go for it. Even though you're in that super awkward stage, I think you just feel a little bit more free because you and your group of like so many friends were all feeling yourselves that day. And just kind of that energy made you feel like the photos were good, even though objectively... Not so much.
1: Yeah, before kind of like anything was like planned. So you kind of just went with the flow and see what you could create, you know, in the age before kind of influencers.
0: Yeah, I feel like having influencers and Instagram has totally changed the game, though. I remember, I do not even know how long ago this was, but years ago, you would show me Indie Blue on Instagram. And yes, I just iconic. Yes. And I just felt so like I had never seen someone turn photography and videography into a career so I feel like that was when that interest in photo and video really transitioned into me wanting to make this into kind of like a lifelong career path and was that kind of the same for you?
1: Yes I agree Um, in 2016 Indie Blue came out I think it was 2016 Indie Blue came out with this amazing video that she had created and I felt like so inspired. I'm sure like so many other people did, because um, she really gained a following after that. But I, I guess I didn't know that you could also turn that into a business. So, I that really piqued my interest. So then I remember us both getting our first cameras. Uh, mine just so happened to be from a ex-boyfriend, but you know that's how the things go sometimes. Um, Thanks for that, if you're listening. When did you get your first camera?
0: Mine would have been for Christmas of, I want to say, 2016. I remember at the time I had some family moving away, and I really just wanted to be able to capture everything and share that with them, along with always having this passion and then kind of seeing these influencers make something of a career. I remember being so confident with that. Everyone, I feel like, had the Canon Rebel series to start with. Yes, definitely. Tumblr vibes. (laughs) Yeah, I remember having that um, Canon Rebel and just feeling like
1: I was ready to conquer the world. I felt like this was going to be it for me. Yeah, create something and put something out in the world, make your mark kind of thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's crazy to look back on some of
1: that old footage because, one,
0: just from a technical aspect, it's just not great, but also that camera has so many limitations is, so it's just kind of funny to compare to now yeah and see how much you've like grown from that were, were there other people that kind of inspired you when you were getting started after you got the camera from the X? like where did you go from there
1: <laughs> so after i got my first camera i was kind of inspired to to capture the moments of my life like it's it was so easily accessible now that like you could capture every aspect of your life and the people around you and the people who you love and your friends and everything that really inspired me to learn more about it and i think that's why i am interested in doing wedding videography and capturing being able to capture people's moments in their lives for their grandchildren and their great grandchildren to look back on and see like the ways that they live their lives. Yeah,
0: I definitely feel that with wedding videography. Once in a while, I'll get asked by clients how I got started. And I think, you know, that first wedding video, it's just started that they had seen some of my work and it was like totally a last minute thing. My a friend of mine was like, could you film this wedding in two weeks? Her family can't be there because They weren't, I think they were from a different country, so they weren't able to get either their passports or their visas or something that they needed to be at the wedding. And just being able to capture that wedding and then afterwards getting all these messages from her family saying thank you so much for giving us the gift of, you know, being able to live that day even though we weren't there. You know, it really makes me emotional just thinking about it because even though for me that might have been just like a small thing that I was you know nervous to film and wanted it to be perfect for them it was you know yeah it really had a big impact
1: on their lives yeah yeah
0: and after that it's almost like addicting to keep filming weddings right because (laughs) it's like I just love love you know being able
1: to (laughs) no matter how cliche that is yeah
0: yeah, just being able to to capture those moments for people and, and hearing their messages and saying that they're going to show it to their kids, like you said, it just means a lot. And it gives me almost like a sense of purpose with creating something outside of, you know, just creating something for my own joy or my own fun.
1: Nowadays, I think we draw a lot of inspiration from current YouTubers, Uh, Someone who really inspired me recently is Daniel Schiffer. He is amazing Um, on his YouTube He shows very direct to the point how to make videos and edit them and he has kind of like a signature style and I remember one of his first videos showing like how easy it was to do a video without any specific equipment. He did almost everything handheld and I was really inspired because sometimes it feels unattainable because the gear can be pretty expensive.
0: Yeah, I think when it comes to gear, it can be it's such a debated conversation because on one hand, you have these creators that maybe they did start out with an iPhone or you know, a lower-end camera, but at the same time, I think the level just keeps rising with social media with the quality that people are putting out. And just other creators, even, you know, we were talking about wedding videography earlier. And I think the level, you know, it used to be people's wedding video was just an hour-long tripod shot of them at the church. (laughs) I don't know how many years ago, but when my parents got married, that sort of thing. Now it almost feels like the industry is so saturated and everyone's content is so good. It can almost be overwhelming or... definitely. You know, it almost feels like you're forced to buy this expensive gear instead of just working with what you have.
1: Yeah, so I think there's uh, like pros and cons to like the gear that you have or like your ability um, with the gear that you have. But I think everything is about growth. And hopefully um, when we look back on this podcast, we'll see how much we've grown with the gear that we started with Um I like comparing our Canon Rebels to maybe the bigger cameras that we have in the future.
0: Yeah, and I think like Daniel's content really embodies that where, you know, you can have so much skill and work with that limited gear. I feel like that's kind of one of the main things he shows or at least in the videos I've seen from him that I really appreciate because I think like we are saying, you know, it can get a little overwhelming
1: when you compare yourself to other people but i think he really breaks it down in a way that feels attainable yeah, yeah not yeah. so overwhelming and he does it like in a quick format too so it's pretty easy to learn because there's a lot of videos out there like when you look through youtube there's so many tutorials you can waste so much time learning very small things but he really puts it into like a uh, bigger perspective kind of so like you can have like a nice outcome like he covers all the basics kind of that you need to create something stellar.
0: I think if we're talking
1: about bigger picture
0: we've got to jump into (laughs) my man Nathaniel Drew.
1: Yes um Nathaniel is amazing he's also a YouTuber and if you haven't checked him out go right now because his videos are so inspirational and so beautifully done. He kind of
0: also embodies the element of like when we were first talking about indie and how she's just kind of shaped her life into something that she wanted through you know in her case she started out I believe with wedding videos as well yeah but Nathaniel is also someone that has really just shaped their life into something that they want it to be and isn't held back by these kind of
1: like I want to say like imaginary boundaries that we create
0: for ourselves.
1: Yeah, these like standard timelines that we were told so often growing up. He kind of really breaks things down and he's so well spoken about it. Yeah, I really admire that he
0: just has this way of making things feel attainable, even though I think right now he's living in Paris. And (laughs) yeah, like if you would have told me a few years ago that there's this guy that travels the world and... He learns all these different languages and films things beautifully, I would think. You know, he's
1: probably living off of a trust fund. But that is not the case. He has done a beautiful job of monetizing his art in a way that benefits him greatly, and so he can have this life that he wants. I've always loved his ideas, and he. I often find myself quoting him because he's so well-spoken. I remember one time he said, it's uninteresting to play it safe, and that really spoke to me because a lot of times I feel like growing up in the Midwest, you're told so often to play it safe and get the practical job, and I feel like I have been doing that to an extent. And so I find him very inspirational because he also makes it seem more attainable because he brings these conversations up on his YouTube.
0: I love that you brought up living in the Midwest. I don't know if it's just a Midwestern thing, but I think especially if you're American, there's such an idea of like education and um, all these tools just kind of being almost like, I, I think of it as like a factory, just pushing people out into these, You know kind of
1: standard office jobs yes definitely i feel like the school system is still set up to um help these like factory kind of um positions yeah i even think back to when i was
0: in high school um you know it was the only recommendations that i remember receiving from the guidance counselor was just go to college for four years you'll be fine um you'll figure out a job Figure out something that pays well but you're never really taught about you know how an artist or someone in a creative field could make money or even just ideas that
1: are quote like outside the norm whatever that actually means there isn't much talk about exactly what you want to do that might be your dream it's more so about what you should do so you can make money
0: yeah I think that that is such a focus and especially you know, the Midwest isn't exactly known for, for creative jobs. Maybe someone living in California would have a little different experience where they're being exposed more to Hollywood or, or film in general, or even, you know, on the East Coast, I feel like there's so much more space held for art and artists. Not that people don't still have that outlook of what makes the most money, but I think that, especially here, It's just kind of one after another, like, pushing through the school system.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a big problem, actually, in our society, which might be another discussion later on. But um, I feel like society gains so much when we incorporate creative and maybe uh, out-of-the-box jobs, even if it is not, like, the standard for the Midwest.
0: Mm-hmm. I feel that so much, especially thinking back on going to school and how, you know, we have all these classes, but at least at my school, there was never a class talking about how to start a business if someone wanted to do that. And, you know, starting a business doesn't mean that you have to even be in a creative field. You know, you could start an accounting firm or um, really anything.
1: And it was just never talked about. I think that's why we want to have these conversations is because we are both people who are aspiring to start a business and share our experiences with people that might also have these same aspirations who uh, kind of went through the same thing and were never told that it was an option.
0: Yeah, I think that is so important because even just, you know, we mentioned Indie Blue, Daniel Schiffer, Nathaniel Drew, all these people, by putting their content out in the world, whether they know it or not, have... Inspired us and probably a lot of other people to pursue our business, to pursue our dreams. You know, they've shifted my perspective that art can be a career and that it can be something that you can live off of, which I think is something I never really thought was possible when I was, you know, like 15, 16 going through school. Yeah, exactly. Same. Yeah, on that note, thank you guys so much for listening. I think. Really, just again, our intention with this podcast is to share the idea that your art can be something that you can live off of. That if, you know, starting a business or just being in a creative industry is your dream, it is possible. Um, If you don't believe us, you know, all the amazing influencers
1: that we talked about are really a prime example of that. Yeah. So if you'd like to join us for more conversations like these, subscribe. We will definitely be talking about this topic more. Uh, all throughout our podcast all right if you want to join us next week we are addressing the question of does monetizing your art limit your creativity